Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I just wanted to thank you for bearing with us as well while we have a little bit of a microphone shortage problem. We left our good microphone in France and as some of you know we're in London right now in a transition phase and yeah so bear with us while we come to you with the best audio recording capabilities we have at our fingertips right now and just know that once we kind of resume our life back in the French countryside we will have our good quality mic ready for recording. So how has it been for you this last this month of January? I just kind of wanted to reflect on January because it's starting to come to a close. We just had our full moon and so far all everything that we kind of talked about in terms of like the predictions of January has been pretty accurate, right? What was this what was the card? Just just so if you haven't watched our latest episode or uh 2022 prediction episode we were talking we went through like all the months of the year and drew a card a tarot card to kind of represent that month and it was the eight of nine of of swords yeah the nine of swords so a lot of going through our shadows and kind of coming up with things that are you know in the background our unconscious kind of mental things that keep us like bound keep us from sleep keep us from our positivity and i've really seen a lot of that this january in my own life and i think you have too yeah definitely i think um like the nine of swords is often it represents you know like anxiety depressions depression nightmares like things like that where it's like in the mind space like negative thinking and thought patterns and I think for me definitely I've really been confronted with that and I have really been sort of working through this stuff for the last year but um I think with the change of circumstances now being you know living out of a suitcase being in London and yeah it's definitely sort of bringing that stuff back to the surface like stuff I felt like I was getting progress on and then feeling a bit um you know being triggered I think a lot of us would have felt that way um this month with it being a collective energy yeah because january i always see is like the coming to end of the previous year and last year as we as we talked about in that podcast was the year of change and even in the chinese calendar the new year isn't until 
close to February, actually. So uh, I used to live in Singapore, so that's a big part for me that, you know, we, had, we celebrated Chinese New Year and, you know, that was around early February, like January. I can't quite remember exactly. Um, but you can, we can kind of see that the, the remnants of change are in January and we're, I think all this kind of shadow work and stuff in our unconscious has been accelerated. It feels like so much, you know, we're processing through so much in just January. And um, speaking of the new year, I think it's the new year of the tiger. I don't actually know, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> but we wanted to talk today about animal spirits and how we have related to them throughout time. And we're kind of going to be approaching it through the lens of um, Celtic paganism, um, witchy, witchcraft lens, and also kind of through the lens of theosophy. So um, the human soul, the animal soul, what that represents, and kind of all the things in between. And yeah, it's just, there's been, there's a lot to talk about, especially since it seems like every episode I say our ancestors have been <laughs> doing this for like thousands of years, but it is true. Yeah, our ancestors. <laughs> it's true. Our ancestors have been speaking, communicating, creating animal totems, anim meaning from animals, associating certain characteristics and behaviors with animals, um, even in ancient Sumeria, like and Babylon, where we kind of see the origins of astrology, we're seeing um, relations to like animals related with the different horoscopes and the different signs, like in ancient Egypt as well, you know, Pisces, the fish, you know, Capricorn. Um, those are just two examples, but we can already see that there are certain animals being related to certain traits or personalities or star charts and things like that. And um, if we even look at the Sumerian culture, there was a lot of like beings with animals as heads. And you can see that in ancient Egypt as well. We've always had like a very direct communication with animals, but what is, what is, what is the animal soul really? And also how we want to explore it through the through the lens of western pagan shamanism through the druids and the celts and how they related to animals and um, we'll also be talking about the language of animals how we as humans used to speak a language of the world a language that is in a way a step above Men, like the mentality of thoughts and words and um yeah so there's a lot more to go into yeah so basically animals in all aspects real animals to animal guides spirit animals yeah the, the spirit of the animal the soul of the animal because in Celtic traditions, they were an animistic, it was an animistic belief system that everything had life. Everything was infused with soul or spirit or ether. And the animals all have different messages for us. Yeah, so I don't know if people can hear all the birds right now. 
Yeah, they're super loud. They're really louder loud. than normal. Yeah. Maybe because they're talking about the animal spirit. Yeah, they're like, hey, don't forget about us. You guys haven't mentioned birds yet. Yeah. <laughs> birds are a huge part of the spirit guide world for me. Anyway. And, and even yeah. in our relationship, the birds were yeah. kind of one of the first signs we really started noticing in like, uh, you know, kind of the affirmation and pointing together of like how faded it was. Yeah. <laughs> when we first met, it was, we were sort of being stalked a little bit by one of those little green. Yeah, these green little parakeets. Yeah. Which randomly you get a lot in London. Um, but yeah, they have like a real distinctive noise as well. So first we was like hearing the noise and then, um, yeah, like I think it's, you have to be there to appreciate it, but it really was like affirmations for us. And yeah. then it's like connected us with Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, that's a whole separate side story. <laughs> but if you guys decide to watch Tarzan again, let us know if you spot any green parakeets. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for them. So like, I think one of the first things that you can talk about is um, like connecting with your main uh, spirit guide, like when, if it's an animal, like, you know. For, for me and Trey, weirdly enough, um, before we met, we were both connect. Like both of our main spirit guide was the hawk or like bird of prey, basically. Yeah. And that was really interesting because we both, you know, sort of recognised that was our main guide, and then yeah, so that was just interesting that we both had the same guide, and then when we went on like our first trip whenever we were driving and we were getting lots of messages from the hawk yeah and stuff so yeah discovering your main animal guide if you've not discovered your main animal guide you just have to sort of well what's the benefits of having an animal guide for me like my main spirit animal guide when I see them in real life like a hawk soaring through the sky near me or past my car or something when I'm driving it's always a sign that whatever I'm doing saying or thinking at the time is on path so sometimes like I'll be having these really like um you know opening conversations with people where I'm really sort of having these realizations and connecting things in my life with where I want to go or ideas come through and then I'll see like a hawk and it will really confirm to me like oh my god like what was I just saying what was I just mm. thinking I need to make a note of that because that is on path for me and for me basically my main guide like seeing him flying and stuff is always um a sign about my path but because I truly believe like our soul came here with 
certain routes we wanted to go, certain lessons we wanted to learn. And my guide's always there to just sort of remind me, like, yes, like, continue with that, like, make something of that. Yeah, so, yeah, what I'm hearing definitely is, like, it can be a confirmation on the path you're headed, the emotions you're feeling, even the thoughts you're thinking. Yeah. And um, I, I know that it can also be a great, like, you, animals are a great way to have your questions answered. Because we often think in society that animals are not as smart, not as sentient as humans, but that's a really common misconception. Anyone who sees the world solely through the lens of mentality and comparison will easily think, oh yeah, animals are not as intelligent as us. But like, animals are, one, are the, the only beings really on this planet that are living in accordance with the laws of nature. We as humans have kind of broken the laws of nature and for some reason think that that is smart. We continue to destroy the planet that we live on and say that is progress in evolution. Yeah. So how, how far have we come away from that? But my, my, my point here is that animals are very sentient, very powerful souls. And the whole animal kingdom, you, you can see that each animal has a very specific feeling when you look at them. They invoke the message like of a tiger. There's ferocity, but there's also, you know, this relaxed calmness about them, this stalking, this, com this complete focus and predatorial kind of movement through. It's like if you want... Let's say you can use animals and their behaviors to help you get things in your life that you want. Like, let's say you need focus and sharp insight. You can connect with the hawks or the eagles to help you provide that. And if you are, like, uncertain about, like, how you can even find your animal guide, there's a bunch of, like, guided meditations on YouTube that you could follow. Like, I know my first time when I was getting into spirituality, I was like, I just clicked on this meditation and it was just a little guided one to find your, your animal totem. All right. And I followed this meditation and I found so clearly in my vision, it was really the first time I felt like, whoa, something is happening to me. I'm not imagining this anymore. Like at first I was going along with the meditation and kind of like imagining it in my head. But then when they said like, okay, now open the door and what is, what do you see? It's like, okay, you're opening the door into the unknown. And then what was there for me was this huge stag, this like male deer with these giant antlers, but it was like glowing like a star, like a celestial stag. And I saw that its antlers were reaching up into the universe and I remember like after I had that experience I, I was like I kept feeling just like what it was like to be this like stag and I remember all these weird things kept happening where like I would just be like going to get some food and then there'd be this pop-up stall open and there was this hoodie with this celestial stag design on the hoodie and I was like I have to get this and when I put it on, it was like this private 
people, company who was making it. It wasn't like a mainstream one. It was just these, this couple. And when I put it on, they're like, whoa, that fits you perfectly. Can we take a photo of you for our Instagram? And it's just like little things like that, that just kind of like continued to affirm that this was really the animal I was meant to be working with. Like I went to go get like a laptop sleeve and there was a laptop sleeve with the deer on it. It was the first one I saw and all these little things that kept adding it to it. And so I was working with that energy for a long time until I kind of began to realize that, okay, so maybe we, we, it's like, maybe we don't have one soul guide. Maybe our, there is a part of our soul that connects with specific animals more, but we can use every single animal to help us and guide us through life. Yeah, really cool how the deer came to you. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of um, highlight that there's this certain perspective from this theosophist and kind of mystic. And he tells us that the animal souls are actually all part of the human soul, that the human soul throughout its evolution manifested as all the animals and it was all of them. And now that we're in this kind of reality, this projected reality, it's like every single animal is, a, is an outward manifestation of different aspects of the human soul. Because if we think about human, humanity, we are very much everything. Like if we think about a hawk, a hawk is a hawk, right? It's completely in its own nature. A tiger is a tiger. It's, it, it can't be anything else, right? But as humans, we're kind of like chameleons in, effect, in, in that respect where we can kind of shift and adapt our ways of thinking. We can put on one mask, try on another pair of shoes. We can live with the, you know, dexterity and mobility of a gazelle. And then, at this, and then in the next moment, we can operate with the, you know, the sluggish and slow movement of a sloth. So we can really connect with all these animals. And there's, there's a reason there that our soul can connect with all of these because the animals are all their own unique group of souls that, are, that is an outward projection of the entirety of what it is to be human, I think. I mean, that's just one perspective. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, so, like, I guess if you don't know, like, you want an animal guide, like, you will have an animal guide whether you know about it or not, but if you want to know your animal guide or you want to connect with an animal guide but you don't know how to go about it there's I'm sure many ways that you can but one of the most powerful ways um, that I found is just asking and actually that kind of goes for everything like wanting to connect with anything is that I've always found that to be the most successful way is to ask <laughs> like I want to connect with an animal guide. I want to connect with a spirit guide. I have a little story 
that happened last year, not that long ago. Um, so I'd heard about this like shim, and I forgive me, I forgot all the in ins and outs and the details of it, but I heard on a podcast that I listened to about the calling in a spirit animal for every direction, you know, for the north, east, south, west. And so even though, yeah, I have such a strong connection with the hawk energy and also, mm. like, the hawk is a great guide and I have, like, um, other ways I've connected with the hawk during meditations and um, just in the house in general, but I wanted to call a spirit animal in like that can work with me during this like certain time period for each direction. And I'll just tell a story of one of them that came mm. in, um, which I think came in from the West or... Um, no, the... The North? The South. It was like the Southwest. Yeah. So, we was just, so I literally... Not the north, northwest. <laughs> I thought it was north or, or west. Or is it north? Northeast, it, sorry, northeast. That <laughs> doesn't really matter, to be honest. So, I'd asked, and I think I'd pretty much, like, within 24 hours, I'd got most of my spirit guides had come through. So, I think one was a spider, one was a crow. I forget what the third one was. But so it was anyway, it was like late at night and me and Trey were in bed at his parents' house and um, the lights were off and we were watching a film or something. And I'd literally been calling in the animals, I believe, from like the night before maybe. So yeah. it really hadn't been a long time. It was pretty instant that I was like getting them coming through. And like his window must have been open like such a tiny bit. Like yeah. yeah, like three or four inches, yeah. right? And suddenly we can hear like this flapping in the room. And we're like, what the hell's that? So we turn on the light and there's a bat in the yeah. room. <laughs> it was crazy. We were just all we were just settling in for bed, just like, you know, put on a little movie and then all of a sudden there's a freaking bat flying around our room. Mm -hmm. And like the first thing we felt was like we were kind of stunned at first. And then it's like, yeah. Yeah, what the hell? Like how insane is it like that you just were calling in um spirits and I think all the animals that came through to me were black and like one the overall message that I got from them all was like um being with the darkness and like being okay with your own darkness with others just with darker energies in general yeah because one of the things that came up for us was like we got to get this bat out of the house. Yeah. Because we, we were, like, scared. Cause it we, was going to bite the dog. Yeah, we were scared it was going to bite the dog or uh Actually, we were more scared it was going to bite the, my, my dog, Bianca. Um, but it was like, oh, what if it gives her rabies That's or something? That's the only reason we wanted yeah. to get it out. Because we were like, oh, should we? He, he ended up stopping flying and just kind of hanging behind. Hooked onto the, the, the blinds. window blinds. Yeah. yeah. 
the window shade blind things and we're just like oh should we just leave him there and then like what if <laughs> like oh god what if we wake up and then our dog my dog has rabies or something because mm -hmm. you know and then we even like i went through this whole freaking ordeal of trying to capture this bat <laughs> with a blanket mm -hmm. and help like get it outside and there's this all this stuff it was like flying around my For house like an hour or more yeah it was like flying around my house at two in the morning or something yeah. like that and i remember i just threw my blanket and then it was just gone mm -hmm. it was like i was like did i capture it in my blanket but there was like no movement it just and it just completely it just disappeared and then so after we was like oh my god it was so like magical and like how cute was he when his little feet yeah. were like hooked on the thing yeah and then you start we start thinking like oh did we even really need to like get him out and we looked yeah. it up and it actually turns out it's really rare for bats to even have rabies this was, yeah. that's just like one of those things you hear like hearsay you know that just spreads over the decades and everyone thinks like all bats have rabies and it's not even true yeah and it, they've also gotten a little bit of a more of a bad rap with covid oh yeah true. you know yeah, well, we're not going to go into what we believe around the origin of COVID, but we don't believe it came from bats yeah. in a market. We do not believe that. No. So. But, so then what was it like? We, we got such a profound message after because we'd felt like, oh, we bad you know yeah we, we felt bad yeah we pushed out this bat and it was like wasn't even necessary in that bat like wanted to be with us and like he put but then it he did exactly what he needed to do because he passed us on the message that we really needed to hear yeah which it, was it's like we automatically slipped into a fear state mm. when confronted with a shadowy object flying around our room. Yeah. We didn't take the time to, we couldn't, we didn't even have the presence to just acknowledge the spirit, communicate with the bat and yeah. understand what it was it wanted to tell us. We just slipped into the fear of it, you know, like the fear of sickness and disease and illness. And it's like, how many times do we, you know, if a shadow flips through our consciousness, how many times do we automatically slip into the fear of it? And how many problems arise from that? Instead of just witnessing the, you know, the shadow flying around and trying to understand and decode the message it wants to tell, how many times do we slip into fear? And we, you know, I did feel quite a bit of guilt about, you know, how we reacted to that bat because it was like we could have really made a nice environment for yeah. him, you know because connected i love bats i honestly when even since i was a young kid i had these toy rubber bats that i would play with all they the used time. to be my favorite animal as well and i love them so much i used to have these books on bats and i remember going to the zoo before i knew like that the zoo was not a cool place to go <laughs> you know when i was a kid yeah. you know your parents just take you to the zoo and i just remember being so enamored by these giant fox bats um because i like lived in singapore and then they had this you had these like tropical jungle place with this like it's like this wooden structure in the canopies and there were just fruit bats hanging and eating fruit and you could just watch them and they were like flying around and it was so cool 
and they were huge, you know, and they really look like foxes and, you know, they have their feet and hands are so human-like also mm. at the same time. And so, yeah, it was, it was a really, I really love bats. And so you can see like, maybe even as a child, before we have these fear states, it's like, we would have accepted that bat, you know? Yeah, so it was it was really strong message of like going towards fear with understanding and clarity yeah. or even going into fear without that in order to find it. Yeah. Because we didn't do that. We just wanted to remove what was making us fearful without trying to understand like, hang on a minute, why is this bat here? Like we didn't yeah. all the mess all the messages from spirit came flooding in once the bat once disappeared. The bat disappeared yeah. Like especially because it disappeared into thin air. Um, yeah. yeah, that was like amazing um experience with animals because it goes to show that like if you really are asking from your heart place, which I really was, yeah. um, that you can connect, you can call in, um, yeah. you know, certain spirit animals and yeah. they can come through physically like that for you or they might come through in dreams or visions during meditation, like Trey with the stag, like... Um, there's so many forms it can take. Like I, and also it's not being like I need my spirit animal to come to me flying through the window. <laughs> then I know for sure that's my spirit animal. Like that's mm. the wrong way to approach it as well. You need to approach it from um, an open mindset where it's like, okay, I want to call in a spirit animal and I'll just know when it, you know, when when it comes yeah. um, and it might come as a physical animal like it often has for me or it could just come, like I said, as a vision. Yeah, and really when you start to connect with that, the, the soul of a particular animal, you can really invoke certain experiences that are incredible. Like I, when I went to Hawaii, I really... I'd heard so much about the healing effect of dolphins and the sounds and sonar they produce, the fact that they communicate and are social and have like quite psychic capabilities. And I was also very into aliens. I'm very into aliens and I connect with the water beings of Sirius. And, you know, I'm all wrapped up in the lore and mythology that the whales and dolphins and the octopus, you know, they came from Sirius through a stargate and dropped into our oceans to to kind of raise the frequency of earth to raise the consciousness of earth and so i really wanted to connect with the dolphins and um i kept asking people in hawaii like oh like how can i go swim with the dolphins and they kept being like oh they're they're normally way too far out you'll have to take a boat ride to go hang out with them and i was just like i don't want to do that i want to connect with them on my own accord and sorry no worries and i ended up going down to this beach um and funny story about this beach it was called secret beach and my mom told me that that was the place where she wished or like prayed that she would have a child very deep ancestral connection there 
And I was going with this person. This person was kind of just complaining about the heat and all these things. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go off on my own. <laughs> I don't want to be in this energy. So I went off on my own and I went on this exploration on the rocks, like all the way, I climbed all these rocks um, out into the ocean. And all of a sudden I see this movement kind of quite far out into the ocean. And I see all these fins and I'm like, oh my God, are those sharks? And I'm like, no, those are dolphins. Cause then I saw them leaping out of the water. And I just took off my clothes, jumped into the water and swam. And I swam nonstop for like 25 minutes into the open ocean with no fear whatsoever. Just like this feeling compelled in my heart. And I kept trying to get close to them, but they kept swimming away. And then I just stopped and treaded water in the ocean after like 25 minutes of swimming. The land was like so far. And then the, the dolphins circled back to me and they circled back to me. And when I put my head under the water, I just heard this like, like all these like happy, joyous, like, like dolphin sounds and they were swimming underneath me. And then all of a sudden I was surrounded by like a hundred dolphins and they were literally leaping and spinning over my head and jumping back into the water. And just, it was like this crazy experience that just filled my body with the frequency that they hold. And it's such this joyous, uplifting energy. And they were just like playing and, you know, play like childhood energy. And, you know, that whole experience went on for like 30 minutes of me just treading the water and they would go away and then come back and flip, flip over my head and swim underneath me. And I just like was submerged in the ocean womb kind of of all their like frequency and sound. And um, yeah, it was just, it just shows that the power of like when you truly connect to your heart, connect with an animal that they give you so much so 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 much like animals have so much to offer and i will remember and cherish that frequency and that energy and that experience for the rest of my life because it was a it was a super magical experience and this goes back to the to the the notion that animals are highly intelligent highly smart beautiful beings and there are ways to connect with them you can connect with these animals telepathically. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, what an amazing experience to have. Um, and I think as well, it's like important to not have fear, which, like, I think certain people, like Trey, for example, you don't. He doesn't hold a lot of fear. Um, that's like not really, I don't feel like that's like a major lesson that you've come in with. But I do feel like a lot of us here have come in with a lot of fear. And, you know, it could be hard to like just go and swim with a hundred wild dolphins, you know, for the average person. <laughs> it's not something um, you can so easily overcome but it's inspiring, you know, when you hear stuff like that uh, to work on your fears so that you can welcome more experiences like that because they are the kind of experiences where you need to not have the vibration of fear, otherwise the dolphins aren't going to come near you. 
Yeah, and right? it's, it's like I had been calling them in also for like, it was like towards the end of my trips, I'd been really calling them in for like a month and a half. Oh, right. You know, I'm really trying to call them in and work with them. And, you know, also I just, I'm a good swimmer. You know, I swam a lot as a child. So it's like there's certain things that it's it pushes you. So like, let's say you did want to connect with the dolphins. It, it might push you to learn how to swim better, to connect with the water, to connect yeah. with the ocean. There's so many things that it's like, okay, what is the learning curve? What is the path I need to take to connect with this animal? And it's not just the dolphins. It can be, you know, it can be with anything. And it doesn't have to be in a physical sense. Really, yeah. Because it's like, um, so I've never like had this yearning for dolphins because I don't know, like I, we always joke about dolphin girls because when I was a kid like so many girls at school were like dolphin girls they have like dolphin themed rooms dolphin pencil cases like dolphin everything and, and then we have little miss crow bat <laughs> vampire girl but, over here <laughs> and blue has never been one of my favorite colors and it's like then obviously dolphin people everything has to be blue and pink naturally <laughs> Like, honestly, blue. Oh, really? Yeah. In Singapore, um, there were pink dolphins. No, it was always blue. Mm. But then I, since weirdly, and I don't know whether it's because, like, some of my like, DNA codes are starting to unlock, because you will find that, you know, the people that you're around and you're spending time with, they do start to unlock certain things within you that may be, like, um you weren't aware of before you was around that person so I think since meeting Trey it started to really unlock um my, my past and my connections with Syria and um serious serious sorry you're not talking about Syria in sorry the <laughs> <laughs> they're very similar Syrian <laughs> beings yeah. basically and also Lyra and there is a connection between um, the Syrians and the Lyrans. They say that the Lyrans moved to Syria because their planet got... Oh, Sirius, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, like, I do have... I do this a lot. I mix yeah. up words. You probably realise that by now on the podcast. But, um, yes, yeah, so I've always felt deeply connected with lion beings and then I started to feel this connection opening up with Syrians but I kept saying to you I feel like it's lions lion beings mm. not aquatic beings that I'm that I that feels like a connection for me that yeah. that's but but I'm like it's definitely um on Syria Right. Which is interesting because you ha haven't you always had kind of like nightmares about lions? Lions. Yeah, my whole life, like my most common nightmares always are about big cats. It's not always just lions; it's big cats. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it is because I just have a really strong connection with the lion beings. So, so I, I found it really interesting mm -hmm. that um, I was learning how a lot of people have channeled the fact that Lyran's moved like m 
millennia ago, like moved to um, Syria. Syrians. Serious. Serious. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you can tell, like, aliens is not my topic. Um, it's sort of something since I've been with Trey that's been coming more of my interests. Um, even though I was already having some experience, yeah. and, but not positive experiences um, mm. with aliens before I yeah. met Trey. Um, but this has definitely felt more positive, and I found it interesting that uh, the to hear so many people have channeled that information about the Lyrans. Um, but then, like, not so long ago, I literally saw... So sometimes I see visions at, with my real eyes. Like, they're, like, it's really there in the room. It's not in a meditation or in my third eye. And I remember I was, like, halfway between sleep, but not my eyes were open um, and I was just daydreaming. I was actually like thinking about a creative project, which is a great way to do that, is when you're sort of in that sleepy zone. And I'm staring at the window and this like really happy looking cheesy dolphin just pops up on the window and then pops back down again. And like there wasn't like a lot to it apart from the fact that it it really made me laugh. Like, yeah, that's the energy that's yeah. just like so joyous and yeah. laughy and bubbly <laughs> and goofy. Yeah, yeah, it really made me laugh, and um, yeah, so that was interesting. That kind of brings me on to another subject that we would be good to cover with the animals. Is we've spoke about how you can call them in, how Trey was calling in the dolphins and then had that experience me um or spirit animals and then I the bat came in but also animals can come to us with messages that we haven't called in you know they yeah. seek us out and yeah. give us messages yeah so that's like another thing that you can look out for one for me recently and I apologize if I've already spoke about it on the podcast um, but with the toads, yeah. so like my first major spell that I did in France, I left like part of the spell. It was to do with the house, so I left like a wreath that I made with a, with um, some of the resins that I'd burnt in the spell and stuff outside the house on the front doorstep. Then later that night, um, I came home late from picking up my dad from somewhere, and there was two really fat toads right on the doorstep like outside and these were your typical fat brown big chunky, chunky monkeys they were so cute garden toads yeah and, and we've not seen toads ever like the whole time we've been there because this was like at least a month and a half two months in and we'd never seen toads before yeah and then it started then it Started coming in the house. Started coming in the house, but yeah. this was in her like witchy plant spell kind of room where she puts a lot of her energy, you know, into taking care of plants. You know, maybe she records her videos or does card pulls and stuff in there. Yeah. And um, she like calls me down one day, and there's this bright green toad in her in the plants. Yeah, and we took him outside. And then, um, 
like a few days later, he was back in the room. Yeah, so we're like, oh, he, this guy wants to stick around. And we kind of learned from our message of the bat, remember? Yeah. We, it was like, a, it was like okay, he wants to stay here. You know, and it's green means typically poisonous. Um, I did carry him with my hand, but it was just like, you know what? This is, this is just another spirit animal, an animal who wants to work with our energy, work with Helki, especially. Yeah, so it was like kind of the reason that we took him out was like the fear of is it poisonous? Is he going to poison the cat or is the cat going to hurt the toad? Yeah. And um, so again, it was very similar to the bat experience where, um, you know, we're worrying about the dog and like. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that is sort of a trying to let go of control and trust the trust other beings and um, that they know what they want. Like I think we put him out nicely, quite a bit away from the house as well. And and he chose to come back and it's like, okay, yeah, he wants to be back and we need to respect what he wants. He yeah. no, and, and the cat he knows the cats there, they're they're so smart animals. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he, Helki would find him either buried underneath some earth in her pots, yeah, or like so cute, you know, underneath a stack of pots, <laughs> mm. like plant pots, and it was just yeah, he's such a cute little guy, and yeah, we were very happy. Um, it's kind of like a little witchy familiar type. Yeah, he's definitely become like almost like a house pet now. Yeah. That, that sort of does his own thing. Kind and, of like a fish. And we had, we both wanted to talk about animal telepathy because we think that there's not a way to communicate with animals, you know, like, because we speak English or we speak whatever language we speak and animals don't speak that. But animals are actually very, very communicative. Like the amount of times where I've all of a sudden, like, kind of pulled my attention away from like a screen and been like, does Bianca, does my dog Bianca need to pee right now? And I look to her and she looks up at me and then runs to the door. And then I open the door and she goes to the top of the stairs and like wants to go down. And so I'm like, oh yeah, she does. And it's just like, where did that thought come from? You know, it's like animals, they speak in impulse and images and in this kind of emotional psychic language that we've kind of come very far away from um but they are speaking all the time some animals have a much clearer voice than others um and really all animals speak even insects they speak a language that you can learn to understand and even it's the, the best way I can put it is it's through a language of intention. It's, it's a pre-verbal language that's actually deeper and more penetrating to the core of what we're trying to say. Words can be misinterpreted, right? Words have different meanings to different people. They have different associations to different people. Of course, there's a kind of generalized agreement upon what a word means, but Let's, the amount of times someone's interpreted a text message because it's just words, you know, there's so much more to it. And the, la the animal of languages, I mean, the language of animals <laughs> is very much kind of like 
a higher being's language. When you communicate with a psychic being who's in a, an alt, a other dimensional being, an alien, an ET who's kind of more developed than humans, they don't speak through words. They speak through direct psychic imagery, impulse, emotion, and intention. And it comes streamed right through into your brain, into your psychic instrument, which is for a lot of us just kind of offline right now. But you can learn to do this. And I even had an experience where I went over to a friend's house and they weren't there. And it was the kind of house, the kind of friend who always has their door open. You know, it's like always unlocked, like, come on in, you know, it's just like, it's a very open home. And I just was waiting for them. And I just kind of fell asleep uh, <laughs> with cuddling with the cat. And I woke up, but I was in sleep paralysis. And I, back then I was doing a lot of astral projection and I floated out of my physical body and the cat could see me in my astral form. And I saw my sleeping body and I saw that the cat had woken up and was looking up at me through my astral form. And in this form, I knew exactly how to communicate with the cat. I could communicate complex thoughts, intentions and desires with this cat. And the, cat, the intention was like, do you want to come with me on an adventure? Because I was like, I'm going to go on an adventure, like an astral adventure. And the cat just kind of was like, I don't, you know, I don't really care. You know, that's yeah. a, kind of like a catty attitude. But then when I warped to this kind of other astral dimension, the cat was with me. So the cat had come along on the journey. Yeah. And we were in this astral dimension together. But it was like, whoa, where have you taken me? Because I didn't know where I was going. A lot of the time I would just like blink and appear somewhere. And... It was this world of giants and there were all these giants in the background with big thunderous steps and huge rocks like that were like way bigger than me and, I, and the cat was kind of freaked out and it was like whoa where the heck am I and then it just like zip, zipped out of the astral dimension and I know it just went back to its body because it did not want to be there with me. Hopefully it did. And um well, yeah, and then I went and explored everything, and then I eventually returned to my body and woke up, and the cat was there, and, like, it kind of brushed up and purred against me, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's just, we often forget how, like, in tune and how connected and how smart animals are. Yeah, definitely. Really cool. And I think I've definitely had telepathic experiences where I where in the sense I get messages but I wouldn't really say it was telepathy because I'm just receiving messages from animal guides and that they're like some of my you know I see them as my teachers in a sense um but I did try telepathy on sage my cat um in 2020 so not that long ago when I just listened to like a podcast about telepathy like animal telepathy yeah and it worked like you obviously have to really get in this like chill calm heart, heart centered yeah. place um but it really is 
if you want to literally communicate with your pets and stuff, you just have to show, you have to picture in your mind's eye what you want from them, like really clearly um, and constantly, and they will then see it. Like, so I was picturing, he was on the bed next to me, there was two beds in the room, and I was looking at him, but I was showing, I was looking in my mind's eye an image of him hopping over and cuddling up to me and literally it didn't take long like maybe a couple of minutes and then he was like oh that's what you want and he hopped up onto me and cuddled into me like exactly in the way that I was asking in the yeah. image I know it is possible to have that kind of communication maybe it be interesting um, to like really practice that and be able to almost have conversations yeah like with your pets like I, w I went to university and, and part of my university was like studying yoga and like the philosophy of yoga and we had this one class called the psychology of the chakras you know and the whole semester the whole three months we were just going through the different chakra system and going through each one and doing practices and meditations on them and learning about them and so I was really involved in kind of the chakras and then one time this person in our dorms she needed someone to look after her kitty and we um so I volunteered and so this kitty was sleeping with me and I was like thinking about the chakras it's all in my my mind right and in the morning I woke up and the kitty was on top of me kind of right near the bottom of my abdomen, like um, on top of the blankets near my crotch, really, and was purring there. And I kind of fell back to sleep. And I woke up, and then it was above my stomach, my solar plexus, and purring in my solar plexus. And I kind of was drifting in and out of sleep for a while, and then woke up, and it was on my chest, on my heart. And then I, I woke up next, and it was on my throat, like cuddled into my throat, purring. And I was like, this cat is moving up my chakra system. <laughs> and I, the next time I woke up, it was on my face, on my forehead, <laughs> in the, my, where my third eye is, just purring. And I was just like, wow, this, and it's like, it felt so healing, the purring of that cat on yeah. my different energy centers. It was like, wow, this is like, you can see why, you know, the Egyptians had such reverence over them because that purring frequency is such a healing frequency and you know there's so many stories we could go into about our different experiences with animals and our communication uh, with them but it's it's really about learning yourself how to speak the language of the world it's the language of the animals the, all animals know how to speak with one another all animals know how to communicate they understand plants and trees they know that when they're sick, they can bite this piece of grass or they can eat this thing to feel better. It's because they're in the language of the world. It's the language of animals. It's what we came from until we separated ourselves mentally from them. And it's all through the heart. Yeah. I think, um, so like another one topic I wanted to quickly touch on was when I got a message from a a butterfly once so I was like 
feeling this message come in and it spoke to me in, in my mind saying um, feel into me like who am I and that was like really surprising because I've always just taken animal spirits as animal spirits right so it stopped and when it stopped and landed he, he literally sat in this shape that looked just like an angel like angel wings and I was like I said oh you're an angel and I could and then suddenly I felt all this buzzing mm. and warmth going all up throughout my body mm. like a clarification and then I heard it say yes and it says um I can manifest into whatever I want so whenever you meet a guide in animal form or mm. not like you should always feel them and ask who they are mm. because it's not always actually an animal it can be another another spirit or trying to talk to you it could even be like someone you know who's died or an angel or an alien or like yeah. something that you know and then what was really cool was like half an hour later or like an hour later or something and I had kind of weren't even thinking about the experience with the butterfly and stuff um, I go outside and in exactly where I saw the butterfly there was this perfect white feather Mm. And for me, white feathers have always been the sign that my angels are around me right now and that they're trying to connect with me mm. and that they're there with me sharing their love and energy. And so whenever I see white feathers, I'm always like, I see you, angels, I feel you, I'm thankful. And I often get that warm, buzzing sensation when um, the white feathers come around. So it was sort of teaching me that I am not, it's not only white feathers, it can be literally anything. And so it was like that clarification of the white feather, you know, so soon after I'd communicated with the angel through the butterfly spirit. So knowing that other things can manifest into the form of an animal. Um, or insect or whatever for you to communicate with. Yeah. So that's like, I do believe that you can connect with animal spirits, um, you know, that are literally they are the animal, they're, they're living as the animal. But it's interesting because often spirits and guides and stuff use animals to communicate with us through. So you can always go deeper with that if you feel there's something there. Yeah, and there is a concept that, you know, animals share a group soul and that group soul holds a wisdom. And of course, you can see that each unique animal has its own soul um, because we all have, you know, favorites, you know, like say a childhood dog or a childhood pet. And we always think this is the most unique, special animal ever, right? Because we have actually taken the time to form a bond, to form a connection. And we can see that each dog, each you know, animal we come in contact with has a unique personality. And you know, cats as well, every, every animal has a unique personality, but at the same time they have their inherent nature. 
the nature of what they are. And we can, you know, I've seen that, you know, we kind of develop through the animal system on the animal souls on our way to becoming human. You know, I said at the very beginning of the podcast that this human soul kind of incorporates all facets of animals and beings within Earth. Within Earth. And I had, you know, I've had an experience of, it was, it was way back when I was still kind of atheist, right? I didn't believe, I didn't know what came after death. I didn't know any of that. I just, you know, I kind of was in a more open space where I no longer identified with being an atheist, you know, but I was just open to possibilities now. And I had a reincarnation experience where I had never considered the possibility of reincarnation as an actual truth, but until I ex had this out-of-body experience and experienced cycling through the lives of every of all these animals and I remember being like these little fish and then I remember being a lizard and living my whole life through this lizard and seeing through the lens of it and we don't see how magical life can be seen through another through an animal's eyes like the lizard's eyes are so kaleidoscopy and they can move in all these different directions and we have there's these beautiful patterns on the lizard's back that really represents like this pattern um, of life. You know, we see these patterns throughout everything. We see the patterns in the plants, these fundamental geometric swirls. Like even on cats, we see these like patterns on their forehead that are very like, they're very magical and um, mystical. And it's re we're reincarnation through the animals is kind of, there's a learning process, a curve for the soul to an understanding that brings us towards this human experience where we can now experience all of them. We can have a dream where we're a bunny. We can have a dream where we're, you know, experiencing the eyes through an eagle. And in Celtic traditions, even Nordic traditions, there's the there was this idea of the shaman being able to look through the eyes of another animal. Even in Mexican traditions, Native American traditions, all of them, there's these, the shamans, the powerful beings can put themselves into a trance and actually see through the eyes of a physical animal, a crow, a bird, uh, you know, a stag. And we can see the incredible, like, complexity to these creatures like you know beavers they build dams that we might think you know look kind of rudimentary compared to our concrete engineering but each branch that they take is placed in a very specific way to divert water flow they can build underground underwater homes and even birds like i saw this video on youtube once where these humans they were they were like uh, designers um, and architects and they tried to recreate a bird nest and they really struggled with it. Like they could not create a good structured solid bird nest that would last for the years that it does. And you can see that there's a very specific intelligence to all these animals and 
you know, really kind of starting to ask to see this and to experience this, you can, and you can experience the incarnation cycles and you can experience what it's like to live through the eyes of an animals. And that will help us to bring more empathy and understanding to these beautiful beings that we share this planet with. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, about the nest and stuff. But I think just quickly before we finish things up, I will just mention that familiars. So if you are a witch or in the pagan religion, Wiccan, um, witchcraft, etc., then you'll be aware that we have familiars. And what a familiar is, is someone who's, uh, who works with you um while on your spiritual like quest and path you know so my cat sage uh is my animal familiar and he's always one he sees spirits all the time and i do think cats are one of the best pets to have for this um because they're very within the astral realm like they live most of their life in the astral realm and yeah sleeping and flying yeah <laughs> and you know so he's always making me aware when spirits are around before even I can be aware of them because he's looking at them um when I'm meditating and I was like communicating with um my hawk guide and my hawk guide flew in during my meditation and I can hear sage um, running around chasing it and I can see the mm-hmm. hawk like in my mind's eye like dodging sage and playing with sage sage also made me really aware of like trickster fairy spirits that mm-hmm. were living in a, my old flat with me where stuff was going missing weird stuff was happening you know lights turning on and off and stuff um, and it made me aware and it, it turned out like it was these fairy trickster kind of spirits that were just playing and yeah like familiars are great animals to have on your and it's basically can be any animal who sort of takes an interest in your spiritual path so with sage it was really obvious like as soon as i'm doing readings i get my cards out he starts getting really excited he's running Mm. around me wanting to be right next to me and he's so super sensitive to the energies and whenever i'm meditating he's straight there in the room you know so familiars are a great way to start i think your journey with connecting especially if you're if you have any kind of practice where you're working with energy so you don't have to be it doesn't have to be witchcraft or anything like that even if you're sort of doing energy healing or meditation i think you can still work with animal like animals work with familiars um, to help you on your path help you sense energies um, kind of clarify to you you know that like you know something's there and then suddenly you see your cat looking direct directly in the direction of where you feel something and they're really good at sort of clarifying that you're not crazy like that and there really is something there and I definitely wanted Trey to actually tell a story when he had like an alien visitation and his pet dog Martini 
um, was kind of acted as a familiar role, even though he might he's not necessarily your familiar, but um, he did exactly that. He clarified an experience that you had. Yeah, so I was in my room in my one of my old parents' house. It's like this attic room um, on the top floor, you know, with slanted roofs and windows and everything. And I was in a sleep paralysis lock where I was not actually able to leave my body with my astral form. I was just locked into my body. And all of a sudden, I saw this huge bright light shining through the window opposite my bed. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is that? And I saw this spacecraft coming closer towards my window. And I felt this fear, because normally when I kind of interact with aliens, I don't feel this fear. But I felt there was like some negative intentions. And I saw this gray alien walk through the wall and start to come towards me. And then I get woken up because all of a sudden Martini, who's sleeping at the foot of my bed, starts barking like crazy. He's just barking like, woof, 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 like barking. And it snaps me out of my paralysis because the physical noise helps to bring you out, uh, help you, helps you to remember and anchor your reality. And I woke up, I shot up in my bed, and Martini, my dog, is just barking right facing that window where I saw the light, just barking like crazy at it. Mm. And I was like, I, I, I was like petting him and, you know, like, like, good job. Like, yeah. good boy. Thanks you know, like, for thank protecting you. me. Yeah, thanks for protecting they me. They will protect you as well. For many years, like, they do protect you, make you aware. Like, and um, they can definitely help you sense, is it good? Is it a bad energy around? Yeah. And so, and then eventually he calmed down and I could, I could feel like, okay, now he, and he's the, he's very much the guard dog. Cause I have two, two dogs and the other one was there and she wasn't barking at all. Cause she's, <laughs> yeah, but she's not like that. She's not like that. She just kind of sleeps through. She's but like it's, very it's chill, very calm. the middle of the night, like two in the morning or yeah. something. Like yeah, there's, like, there's nothing even outside for him to bark at. Yeah. He clearly was a seeing those yeah. same beings coming in and sensing just like you sensed that they yeah. don't have good intentions yeah because when i woke up there was no light at all but he was still barking right at that yeah. window it was like because you snapped out of like the realm where you can see it whereas yeah, exactly. animals are constantly tuned into that realm yeah. especially cats yeah dogs so they are too not as much they're a bit more tuned into this but they yeah. still are constantly in that yeah. realm. yeah so that was just another experience of like and i i do know that like even when I there, I've lived with cats. I've just always felt like they they're spirit cleaners. Like they scare away the yeah. evil spirits. You know, the amount of times I just walked into the living room and the cat I was living with was just hissing at empty air, like looking up at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like it's just very thankful that these beings exist when I live with them because they do protect us and. Yeah. Um, yeah, they really help us out. And actually, I had a pixie living in my house. And he always used to kind of play tricks on me, like not fun tricks, kind of like cruel tricks while, while I was trying to astral project. And as soon as this cat 
comes into our house, I just have no more experiences with that pixie. It's just like, they're really protectors. There was this one image I saw on like Instagram once and it was like this human sleeping and this shadow being like creeping up on this human, but the cat is just like standing at the foot of the bed, just uh-huh. going like, you know, like, yeah. like scaring the, the demon away. Um, because I was always scared to live on my own, but um, I found like, when I lived on my own without a cat, it was so much nicer when I got a cat because they really make you feel safe and protected, strangely. Like, you think yeah. a dog would, um, but, like, cats have, like, more of a protection and a calming energy. You know, like, a dog might be barking and making awareness, which can kind of um, ignite the fear. Yeah. Like, oh, God, there is something up there, even the dogs, you know. And and obviously, like, when I had my first ever um, spiritual experience with the poltergeist when I was 15, the first thing that started happening was the dog was acting really weird and it did start to make us freaked out, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, even though, yeah, you can have that same experience with cats, is they do have this sort of... Um, like they don't go into fear, like maybe the yeah. dogs do go into fear because they they can be like scared from those these astral beings a lot easier than cats. Yeah, there's a really big message for cats actually is how to stare through fear. You yeah. know, their eyes really pierce through yeah. fear. And like there, I've seen videos on YouTube of cats, like this baby crawling towards the stairs and a cat just like charges like pushes the baby out of the way so that the baby can't fall down the stairs and it's like you know all these like even dogs as well like you know being like this emotional support dogs or service dogs who can like find people buried in snow you know like they're incredible helpers to us and um we really we're saying cats and dogs most because that's what we've connected with most as humans because we've kind of subjugated and made slaves and kind of harm a lot of the other animals that exist on this planet. Um, But every animal has a beautiful message and teaching to offer. And I really can't wait to get to a point where we can understand them again and speak with them and have councils of animals. You know, it's not just humans ruling the world, but we're taking into consideration the rest of the animals and the rest of the beings living on this planet. And, and, listening to them because Mm -hmm. they do have something to share with us yeah i think domestic animals though do have like a particular role anyway that's why we are like obviously we're work we're working with them they're domesticated they're more involved in our lives but even like horses i think horses were like one of the first animals to Mm. be domesticated and they've really done like gone far and beyond for humans with everything they've done for us in all of our history yeah they Um, they really made the world a smaller place in the very beginning like before you'd have to walk yeah you know like hundreds of miles to get to the next nearest place but then the second we formed a bond with horses all of a sudden the world became more in our reach you know they were really the first ones to show us like speed beyond our own to show us like the true power and the the ability to cross to to go on running for days on end you know yeah and they 
they don't their backs aren't even built really to support weight like they're not designed to be ridden you know but it's something in the spirit of the horse that's so self-sacrificing that it will do that to help humanity rise and move forward and you know, and I do think like there, and I've heard a lot of spiritual teachers saying the same thing that there is something in the domestication. Like when it comes to the soul form, they say that when an animal is a domesticated animal, it's closer to its human manifestation. Yeah, because they're also and they learning say that from us. horses is often the last um, mm. animal manifestation, like a domesticated horse, because of the how much they sacrifice it's like this self-sacrifice this um pure giving energy you know so this if you look at domesticated animals um they all sort of have like this different energy like the cat is very independent and is a bit of a taker from the human the dog is like like the the never the baby that never grows up that yeah. you constantly have to like look after it, it never grows up not like a and child it's always who, demanding attention yeah whereas the child a human child will start to seek independence at a certain age yeah so then you have the horse who can be left to look after himself in the valley or can come in and be and be of use to the human and be written and things so it's like that complete giving energy of the human and that's why a lot of people say that is the final animal manifestation is the domesticated horse and that then they get that opportunity to then level up to the human experience which you know all of this is just fun to talk about we don't really know do we but um for me that does resonate a lot and I like to I do feel like there is this real spirit to domesticated animals um where you can really sort of feel their essence and how they could be soon in the having a human experience you know how like pets are like that aren't they they're so so much closer than the wild version of the animal um to us and to our nature that it makes sense that they would then be closer to incarnating as a human right because they've spent so much time with us they've almost gathered the similar characteristics as us to then experience yeah. that themselves yeah yeah so i feel like we've covered a lot mm-hmm. yeah. um, on the animals so we pulled some cards as time always. for the card pull segment oh yeah we love a good tarot segment after you. Really good card this week, guys. We've got the Nine of Cups. It's probably one of the best cards in the deck. People love to get this card. So this is a great message for you. If you've made it all the way to the end, it was at least worth it because we pulled you the Nine of Cups, eh? Mm-hmm. This is known as the Wish card. So because this is a weekly podcast, I'd sort of take this as a, a reading for you to hold with you for the rest of the week and and help it um, something to refer back to this week and guide you but you are um, really being shown this week that you can uh, 
make your dreams reality. This is the wish card, right? Wishes can come true. Um, and you can do this from where you're at and with everything that you have within you. Because the good thing about all the nines is there's only ever one person on the card. Also, um, nine, it stands for completion. So it shows that everything that you need to feel complete emotionally, because cups are emotion, is within you. And you can access that. And I feel like this week, if you're doing the work, then that's going to pay off. So this connected to what we're saying in this podcast is that you have within you what it takes to connect with animals to find your spirit animal and I feel like this is such a positive card of success that I feel like a lot of you who sort of literally ask you're going to receive that so I think ask and you shall receive guys go and find your spirit animal this week yeah, it's cool. Like the dragon card we pulled beside it is a 29 and they both hold the Roman numerals in them. The, so the nine is IX, you know, and here we have the XXIX is just further affirmation through the Roman numerals. Like we have first the, the IX, you know, and then we have the double XIX, which is just more, you know, another push forward. And the dragon we have is this beautiful ephemeral kind of azure blue navy dark navy blue soul guardian dragon and he's just saying like take feel free to explore i think ask and you shall receive again it's like know that you are protected and you are guarded over and that the dragon is another beautiful you know spirit to connect with to hold you while you begin to explore all the other creatures within this world because it really seems like the dragons they are the same kind of energy as the animals i would say they're definitely an animal type of spirit yeah i feel like the dragon is almost like the ascended soul past like past like all the animals and even humanity it's like it incorporates kind of all of it you know the dragons can take so many forms they can take the form of like you know, serpents, furry dragons, fox dragons, water yeah. dragons, elemental dragons. They're, you know, they really take everything in, and they're very intelligent beings and just know that they're looking out for you, looking out over us. Yeah, so it's soul guardian is the key word for that dragon, which makes me feel like, because we sort of pull these cards sort of for us to reflect on for the week, but also for you listeners. And I feel like with the topic of today's podcast, that you can really tap in and find your soul guardian, and yeah. um, which will be in whatever form it comes in. It could come in as a dragon. It could come in as an angel. It could come in as a deity. It could come in as a beautiful animal spirit. But yeah, guys, just ask because the Nine of Cups is asking you to ask with your hearts because the cups are our emotions. So that's like coming from your heart center, really feeling it. When you ask, don't be in a mental place, but be in a heartfelt place, in an emotional place. Like, I really want to call in my animal guides and that 
the, even when I was just saying it then, I was saying it from my heart, mm. right? You can definitely maybe practice that, like asking from the heart place, because it does make a big difference. Yeah. And I feel like all kinds of spirit guides, that's the way to connect with them. It's not from the mental place, because then you're trying to control the experience, but from the heart space where you're yeah. open to whatever comes in. Yeah, it's really getting at, for the men, for all these beings, it's really connecting with the heart. That's the language we want to get into. And I just opened the book for the Soul Guardian, and it hits, he says, all you need to do is ask, and I will guide your way. That's, oh my God, and we literally was just saying that yeah. in the Nine of Cups, how crazy. And the other quote is, I am the expression of the whole and complete you, which kind of just goes back to this feeling like, you know, if maybe if you're feeling out of touch with the world, it's because we've rejected so much of ourselves. If we are kind of going with this, this theory that the animals are, you know, different aspects, different f fragments of the human soul, how, how much have we, or have you personally rejected certain animals in your life? Do you continue to cause harm to certain animals? Mm. Are you rejecting a part of yourself in that regard? And just come to know that, to truly understand the human soul, we must be able to understand all the animals and beings, plants, all, everything that ex we share this world with. And um, yeah, so just really connect, tune into your heart, connect and, and remember the language of the world. Awesome, beautiful message to leave it on. Thanks for listening guys. and. Don't forget to follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you could share this with friends and family, we would appreciate that so much. But above all, if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you will be our favourite people. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys, and we look forward to seeing you next week for another episode. Yeah, and if you leave a review, we'll... Feel free to also drop us a question and we, maybe we'll answer your question. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll pull some cards and answer anyone's questions on the podcast. And so, yeah, we'll see you next week. Have a great time in life. <laughs> <laughs> and remember what you need to do this week. Ask and you shall receive. Start connecting with those animals. Bye.